your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 302 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And the Ottawa Senators are back in the win column. They beat the Vancouver Canucks 2-1 on home ice after two games in Vancouver. And this team is really coming together. Five wins now in their last seven games. And as it's been for most of the season, it's the kids leading the way once again. It was Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, Brady Kachuk reunited as the top line. They produced all the offense. Brady with two beauty assists. Drake with the game winner. And for Norris, he's now up to 11 points in his last 10 games. I'm going to ask Pilsy, when's the last time he's had this much faith in a top line for the Ottawa Senators? We'll also get into Shane Pinto showing his defensive acumen. Marcus Hogberg had a hell of a game in goal, and a whole lot more there. We'll also talk the Belleville Sense. They're off this week, but they're going to have a new member at practice. We'll tell you who that is and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, April 27th in Pilsy. If you're DJ Smith, do you already have in pen going into next training camp a top line of Josh Norris between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson? Ross, I'm going to up you. You pull out that permanent marker. Get the Sharpie out there because this line has been incredible. And the the facts, all three of them bring something different to that line. And it just, when it's combined, it meshes together to make such a good first line. And Big credit to Josh Norris. Like he was not the guy at the start of the season we expected to be the number one centerman. And he's taken that role and ran away with it. And anytime you're slotted up beside Brady Kachuk, you know you're doing something right. They all bring something different, but they all have skill sets that kind of overlap at the same time. Brady's your power forward, Drake's the playmaker, and Norris can shoot with the best of them. But they all have size. They all have elite hockey sense. And when they're working the cycle down low, nobody can touch them. And when you think that the average age is 22 for these guys, the sky's the limit when you're thinking, what could this be going forward? And let's roll that right into breaking down the game because it was Josh Norris on a two-on-one that opened the scoring. And he wasn't looking past, not even for a second. Yeah, and, and that worked out perfectly because it seemed like Brady was at the end of a long shift. Like when he intercepted that pass from Nate Schmidt and started going out all alone, you could tell he was gassed. Like those are some heavy boots on him. And he says, okay, who I got with me? Like, I don't want to skate this whole thing through. Sees <laughs> Norris over there. Oh, nice. I'm going to pass that one to Josh and slowly get to the back door. But like you said, Josh Norris isn't passing that puck. Brady Kachuk isn't hoping that Josh Norris is going to hit him back door. He's saying, I know Josh is one of the best shots on this entire team. 
He's got a clear lane in close. Just rip it home, buddy. And that's exactly what Josh Norris does. That's what you love to see. A great play by Brady because, you know, sometimes you can't do it all. Sometimes you got to lean on your best friends. That's what friends are for, right? So Josh Norris gets uh, gets the goal there and Brady gets the helper. His 14th goal of the year, Pilsy. That's impressive to me for Josh Norris. Um, still fifth on the team, though, as his two line mates have one-upped him. And Drake pulled back into a tie for the team lead with his 17th. But before we get to that, I wanted to roll into the goals because we're talking about that top line. But we can't just gloss over the missed call from the refs. We don't talk about the refs, but this one came back for goalie interference. Shabbat had one of his better games. We'll get to our Central standouts as well. But what was your take on that play? Shabbat kind of gets in and then is incidentally, I would say, pushed into Braden Holpe and barely touched him at the same time. Top of the crease, maybe even into the white paint. Is that a goal in your opinion? Absolutely, that's a goal. That was a garbage call in my opinion because the thing is, and I understand the call, but you have to look at the scenario. Like, on the surface, that's the right call because Braden Holpe was touched in his crease. A goal was scored. He technically wasn't wasn't fully allowed to make that save. But the problem is, you can only call that, really, if you have reason to believe that Tom Shabbat didn't do everything he could to not make contact with the goalie. And I believe he did because he got squeezed out there. Like, the defenseman, I forget who it was, didn't give him any real estate to move over. He's already got a lot of speed cutting through the, the middle of the ice. There's not much he can do in that scenario. And, like, normally, like, a guy like Brendan Gallagher, that's a perfect example. If Brendan Gallagher's in that scenario... He's leaning into the goalie there and he's trying to make it look like, oh, I got pushed in. I got pushed in. Whereas Thomas Shabbat is is trying to get the outside lane, but he's just stuck there. So it's not fair that he gets called for that because he's not given Thomas Shabbat isn't given the opportunity to not skate into Brayden Holpe. You know what I mean? Like, so on, in that scenario, I don't like that call, especially uh, Whitey gets a classic kind of garbage goal there. <laughs> that would have been good for him to tack on to get a two game goal streak going, but you're locked on player too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that would have been nice if he just had a goal and no terrible pizzas. The pizzeria seemed like it was shut down last night for the Colin White uh, restaurant there. But yeah, in my opinion, that's a clean goal. And I think a big part of that, too, is Braden Holpe, right as that goal scored, rips his head over to the ref and starts complaining. And then when you're a ref, you're like, oh, crap. Like, if he's this upset, like, obviously, there should be a call. Right? So... So that's tough if you're a ref. I'm not going to blame the ref for that, but it was the wrong call. You know what's great, though? And this is where you really notice no fans. And the, the CTC would have been rocking last night anyways. But when a goal gets called back for the home team, and then minutes later, they get one that counts. And then it's almost like what you would have celebrated, you do twice over because you finally are able to let out that emotion now that lead didn't last long only four minutes between that and when Oli Uolevi tied this one back up at one Marcus Hogberg was still solid though in the first period but it was in the second where he really made noise but before that unreal save where he pulled it off the goal line Drake Batherson mentioned he gets his 17th but we got to talk about Brady's pass here have you seen a better assist in Brady's career we know our friend Ian Mendez mentioned that he thinks that's the best assist Brady Kachuk's had in his young career so far, and I tend to agree with him. 
Yeah, I mean, when I'm thinking about Brady Kachuk, I'm not thinking about him feathering beautiful passes uh, through sticks and all that. I'm thinking about those garbage goals, the rough, uh, rough and tumble style hockey. So, a uh, really beautiful assist doesn't really poke out to me. So, I, I think that one would be probably his best pass. The only Senators this season with more assists than Brady Kachuk, Thomas Shabbat, and Mike Riley. Oh, wow. Good. Yeah, Mike Riley just racked up the assists. No it was goals. Crazy. Yeah, you love that. You love that. But yeah, that was an incredible play by Brady because not only does he have the awareness to know that Batherson's there, but he also has the skill and creativity to make that pass work. Like not everyone has the balls to try that because let's say you do that spinorama backhand pass and Batherson misses it. Well, you've just you've just cleared the puck out of the offensive zone and probably created an odd, odd man rush the other way. So really, that's a that's a risky play. But Brady does it perfectly. And then Batherson, same as Norris. Don't get too fancy. You got an amazing shot. Just rip it right through. And that's what he does. Like, that's why I think that line's going to be successful because they know what they are and they know how to be successful. They don't need to fancy things up. They just need to play their style of game. And I think that line, or even you can expand that to the entire team, did that last night. They didn't try to be something they're not. They played simple. They played smart pucks to the net, all that kind of stuff. And I thought it was a great game all around by the team. Yeah, Drake's shot, no question. That was beating Holpe. Ottawa takes the lead. They would never relinquish. And this is where the building block aspect comes for a young team. Now, at the end of the second period, this is a game changer because if Marcus Hogberg doesn't pull the puck off the goal line after it's squeaked through him, he's at the top of the crease too. So he had a long way to reach back, but in a 6-5 frame, no problem for him. And that was with 0.3 seconds left. The goal would have counted, but right at the buzzer. And you know how we talk about momentum goals here in the final two minutes. That could have changed the entire complexion of this game. How much do you think that helped Hogberg's confidence as well going into the third period? That, hey, even when it squeaks through him, he's going to roll back and make the save because he had to be sharp at times in the third period. And leading up to that save too, Pilsy, Vancouver only had six shots in the second period. So it's not like he was in the action as much as he typically is right now. Ottawa doubling them up 13 to six in the middle frame. And that to me was uh, an exclamation mark on what was otherwise a tight game. Yeah, I agree. And as a goalie, like it doesn't get much better than that. eh, Ross, like dying seconds of the second period, one goal game. Like you said, he's kind of out of position. The puck trickles through him and he just stops it on the line. Those are the kind of things that, after, like that's like scoring a goal for a, a goalie right like after the boys in the dressing room were probably just high fives and hugs all around as Pierre Dorian likes to say um but that's it's so massive and especially for Hogberg like a lot of times I think people forget how much of the mental part of the game is so important for a goalie like Hogberg third goalie DJ Smith's doghouse gets thrown into a bad situation, doesn't pout, doesn't, doesn't complain about it, does his best. Now he knows, like Gustafson's up there, same with Mandelise, but he knows that he's probably going to get a crack at uh, some crease, crease time here. So he's saying, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to play the game I know I can play. I'm going to battle. That was a battling save right there. Like that wasn't just like, ah, oh, the puck got through me, whatever. That's, I'm doing whatever I need to do to make sure that puck doesn't cross the goal line. And that's what he did. So that's a huge confidence boost for Marcus Hogberg. And you love to see it. He had 25 saves in this. Safe to say we'll be discussing him next with our Sense Central 
standouts. But before we get to that and discuss who was out there bringing this lead home in the final minutes, let's tell you about our friends at Blue Nile because this episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition design, so get them right now before they're gone. They all come at fair price points too. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. These are rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. They only use diamonds that are responsibly sourced all the way from Botswana. 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. They're ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're perfect to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight. And it's fairly priced. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for a perfect, unique ring that she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long. So find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Spring is here, so it's a perfect time to get some new jewelry from Blue Nile. You got to love that. Maybe uh, throw a little ice on the hand there, look a little special. But also, why not spruce up your car a little bit too? It's springtime. You know, you're going to be driving around a lot more with the weather being nicer. So where can you go to get those nice new parts for your car? rockauto.com of course you know they've been a great sponsor for the locked on senators podcast we love them and we're sure you're gonna love them as well because first off it's a family business and i mean pandemic times you want to make sure you're supporting the right people don't support all the big box stores support good strong family businesses like rock auto they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years years guys two decades they've been in this business they know what they're doing go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they got it all from engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door none of this phone calls trying to make appointments trying to figure out what parts you need they don't have it you got to call back none of that rock auto makes it easy the catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate like i said it, it being easy is the best part the last thing you want to do is be frustrated trying to fix your car Quickly, see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can't do it. We won't let you. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck, any of your automotive needs, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you one more time for the people in the back go to rockauto.com right now and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you rockauto.com all right pilsy so where we ended off and marcus hogberg had just made a phenomenal save pulling one off the goal line third period pretty back and forth you know each team getting their opportunities hogberg looked good evenly matched but in the final couple minutes, as you're killing off a lead, this is something where DJ Smith has evolved as a coach, or at least his trust level 
in this young group because remember earlier on in the year, and there's a great article in the Ottawa Sun from Ken Warren on um, how earlier in the season, there's the third game of the year against Winnipeg. They ultimately blew the game and lost it in overtime. And in the last couple minutes, they had a line of Cedric Paquette, Chris Tierney, Connor Brown, Braden Coburn, and Nikita Zaitsev on the ice. Well, last night, the line that led the way from start to finish was the North line. What does that tell you just about the evolution? And we've already talked about it. It's written in permanent marker. should be stone that they're going to be the top line for years to come. So they have to learn how to play on both sides of the puck. And not only that, they brought so much to that shift. It's not like they were just out there. They were battling. Like There was a puck battle on the near side from the TV angle where Drake skated about six strides out just to make a big hit and separate the puck from the player, they get a clear. Then Brady does it on the other side, and Norris got a nice clear. Just to me, that was the evolution that we're watching right in front of our eyes of this team. Yeah, and I agree. And I think DJ Smith is starting to realize, like, yeah, that that uh, line that you said was out there earlier in the season, those are all kind of shut down guys. And I feel like the mentality there is let's play to not lose here. Whereas when you throw out a line like Brady, Josh Norris, Batherson, like we're playing to win. These are the guys that have been driving the offense all night. They've been playing well defensively. These are the guys that are hungry. And like this he's kind of handing the reins over them. Cause like, this is the culture of the team. Like right now on this Ottawa centers team, I don't think there's three guys that are, that care more about the culture that are, that want to be here for this rebuild. than those three guys, like those are your guys. Like those are the ones that make this Ottawa centers team, what they are. Give them the responsibility, give them the power, give them the options. Like I, I love that move. And yeah, like you said, not only did they kill off that uh, extra attacker opportunity there, but they cleared the puck. And if like a little more puck luck, they could have had a chance to score an empty net there. Right. So that's just an incredible display of battling by those guys. And yeah, hats off to DJ Smith for, for really understanding that these are the guys that can get things done in those tense moments. The Ottawa Senators have won five of their last seven games. And later on, we're going to have a conversation about what could have been had this season been a full 82 games. Of course, they added some pieces down the stretch. Shane Pinto still getting minimal ice time. Played about 10 minutes last night again. But you mentioned the future and the core of this team. Norris, Batherson, Kachuk. Those guys were all fired up to see Pinto. And the Sens tweeted it out. We retweeted it at Sens Central as well. But this it's not only courageous that Pinto's going feet first into a shot block as he's pivoting. So he's literally sliding into it. Kick save and a beauty was our caption, but that was a Quinn Hughes blast on a one-timer that he had to time his slide to be able to block it. And those three guys I just mentioned all jump up on the bench, stick taps all around. What can you say about that determination on a play from Shane Pinto, who will be my first Send Central standout just for that one play? Nice. Yeah, that's that's great. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, look at the guys that got up and cheered for him. Like, they want that to be a part of their culture. Young guys blocking shots. So they're saying, Shane Pinto, we know you're a face-off guy and you scored a million power play goals and all that, but we expect you to do that. And when you do that, we're going to give you your props. So you love to see that. And yeah, like you said, like, there's a difference between blocking a shot when it hits you 
and then completely throwing your body in harm's way to, to, to block it. Because that's a decision you have to make mentally. You have to be like, oh man, Quinn Hughes is going to get a one-timer off here. I'm going to do whatever I can to stop it. And, you know, maybe some people are saying, yeah, these guys get paid millions of dollars to play hockey. That's expected. But that is a tough mental decision to have to make, to be like, I'm putting myself in harm's way here. And the worst could happen. I could really get hurt doing this, but I want to do this for my team. We got a one goal lead. This is important. So love seeing that from Shane Pinto. Do you want to take over the next Sense Central standout? Because we have to give stick taps. This is basically a show in honor of Kachuk, Doris, and Batherson. But you want to just clump them all together as one big standout? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I really wanted to highlight Brady because those two assists were just so good. Like that's just that's just a player knowing when to facilitate the the puck to someone else right captain shit you might say ah yes i might say and i will say that is clearly captain shit but since we're a hashtag goalie friendly show and we talk about that line a lot i want to give it to marcus hogberg because that that save was incredible that's something that's going to boost his confidence he gave his team the chance to win tonight now i mean it's not like uh he was peppered with shots there wasn't a crazy amount of power there's only one power play all that kind of stuff but he still he battled and that's what we thought marcus hogberg was going to be a great goalie this season because we saw what he could do on a garbage team last year when like just look at that replay that shift in, in overtime against detroit where he makes like yeah. six 10 bell saves in a row to keep them in it like battling battling so that's what he got back to last night so i want to give a big shout out to marcus hogberg even though i'm quite sure he's gonna be the goalie that kind of gets shuffled off to the side here and not invested in anymore i still like seeing that from hogberg because he's he's been a good uh you know he's been a good team player through and through like ever since he started in brampton that guy has gone through the ringer and he's done everything this team has asked him to do so i got nothing for respect but marcus hogberg and love to see him succeed how about the top D pair bouncing back? Thomas Shabbat and Nikita Zaitsev, both plus two on the on the uh, evening. And when you look at Zaitsev, four hits, two blocked shots, and then Shabbat had three blocks and could have had a goal as well. As we talked about, that should have counted for sure. And he's down where I like him between 25 and 26 minutes. He played just under 26, and he was a force out there. Most of it, obviously, you mentioned, not a whole lot of special teams in this game. So most of it at even strength, he had three shots to boot second best on the team. And I want to give a little shout out to Chris Tierney because we've been hard on him, but I thought compared to what we've seen from him recent times, especially, I thought that was one of Chris Tierney's better games. He even threw on the jets at one point. I thought it was shocking. Yeah. I mean, a nice opportunity there, but you can still brutal in the face-off circle. I was going to say you can clump him with Connor Brown. Can't execute on a breakaway and his face-offs were very very bad I, i've been a chris tierney stand but i think i think he's got to fall off the wayside here because they got to make room for some other people and his role just isn't quite there yet or it isn't quite what they need still with shane pinto emerging into a really good centerman even in a small sample size but you can also see just how hard it is to win faceoffs at the nhl level because shane pinto was what 63 percent in college this year he only won two out of seven last night Again, so it is an adjustment. I'm not worried about Shane Pinto in the draw next year, though. He'll he'll have a lot to learn this offseason, and he'll have video now to back it up. But it is still great seeing Pinto in the lineup, and we hope that that's a constant. And how could it not be after the block shot? The coach is going to love that one. And as a fan, you have to just love the effort. Top to bottom, I don't think 
there was a bad effort all around in that game. It was really a treat to watch as a fan. And winning these close, tight games, as we mentioned, is kind of the next step in the evolution of this team. Now, if you're looking to evolve your bank account, why not check out betonline.ag? Because that's the one-stop shop here at the Locked On Podcast Network where you can go and turn your wagers into even bigger winnings. Now, this part of the year is elite because the playoff picture is becoming clearer in both the National Hockey League and the NBA. NFL draft season's there. You can, of course, bet on that. And baseball's in full swing, too. So go to betonline.ag. It's the one place we trust, one place that has you covered here at the Locked On Podcast Network because we have a great relationship with them. You're entitled to a 50% welcome bonus. So here's how you get it. Go to betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account. Then, when you make your first deposit, use promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. Now, Pillsy, show these good people the way to big winnings. And that is the parlay of the day where you can turn a little wager into the biggest winnings you've ever had. It's really ironic that that's the lead up you gave me, Ross, because the Pillsy's parlay of the day today is going to be very basic and minimal winnings. But sometimes you just got to get those casual green numbers because it's been uh, it's been a rough sledding for uh, Pillsy's parlay of the day here. So back to the drawing board. Let's stick to the basics, guys. The Buffalo Sabres are playing, and I know you've heard me say this before, but the New York Rangers are up against them, and the Rangers actually have an okay chance at making the playoffs here. Like, it's it's not too crazy. I'm looking at the standings right now. They're four points behind the Boston Bruins. Bruins have two games in hand and a much better team, so it could be difficult, but there's still a chance there. So they're playing meaningful games. So I'm taking New York Rangers money line up against the Buffalo Sabres. Minus 290, that's that's not very good, but that's what you get when you're playing the Sabres. Then let's go back to this, the reigning Stanley Cup champions. The Tampa Bay Lightning are up against the Chicago Blackhawks here. Blackhawks also, I think, still have a slight chance at the playoffs. Not very good, but there's still hope. But Tampa Bay's got to finish the season strong, so I think they're going to win this game. I'm taking Tampa Bay Moneyline at minus 183. And guys, that's it. That's, that's Pillsy's parlay of the day. So put to conclude just in case you forgot the two teams already new york rangers money line and tampa bay money line put ten dollars in you're gonna win ten dollars and eighty cents like i said not a high risk here but we got to get back on track and get some money back in our accounts so we're just taking a nice easy one today so that is pillsy's parlay of the day and i'm gonna stay off of a levy lock until at least friday because i steered you in the wrong direction once again i had Carolina on the road, but you were close. I I was close, but not really. I mean, they were down two nothing early. They made it a game, tied it up in the second period. Then they ended up having to tie it up again in the third. So yeah, it got to overtime, but I I was expecting a big win. However, when you have a Max McCormick goal assisted by Cedric Paquette, I mean, as a Sens abroad fan, you just have to love and appreciate that but they couldn't uh, they couldn't get a win so you can't win them all but when you do it's as fun as ever and that's why we don't want you sitting in the sidelines we want you into the action so don't forget the promo code locked on to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit it's bet online your online sports book expert All right, Pilsy. So only seven games left in this regular season, unfortunately. 
Now, had there been a full 82-game season, we'd be looking at closer to 30 games left. So the question begs, what could have been had the Ottawa Senators had more runway to grow as a team, for the young players to become integrated? Because this is a team that started 2-12-1. Two wins in their first 15 games. And you can look back and see the coaching decisions and the lineup uh, decisions, the roster moves for the veterans that were brought in that really turned out to be unnecessary as a whole. But since they figured that out, Pilsy, would Ottawa realistically be competing for a playoff spot otherwise? It's, it's an interesting question, and, and it's a fun hypothetical. I, I hate to be a bit of a party pooper here, but the first thing I thought of when we started talking about this is this season would be totally different if it was an 82-game season because the trade deadline would not have happened yet, or it would just be around the corner at the end of the 56-game season. So then I started thinking we would have seen this stretch of veteran guys getting in games and the young guys not getting players and Pinto and JBD wouldn't have come till later. Like all these things would have changed. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried they would have kept on the stretch they were on before the trade deadline with guys, guys like Goody guys like Coburn, these guys getting all the minutes. So I, I don't know if it would have happened. I think DJ Smith and Pierre Dorian would have stuck to their guns a little longer and then waited till trade deadline. And then you're out of runway again. You know what I mean? So I think it, it would have been a lot closer and the strides this team has made since that trade deadline have been massive and the young guys are looking great, but I don't think they would have had it, especially with all these goaltending injuries. Now, I don't think they could have made it. We, get, we should talk about those goaltending injuries as well because Matt Murray, it's lower body. They're not sure if he's going to be back this season. Would you just shut him down at this point? Yep, shut him down. And, I mean, you've you've got goalies. Like, sure, it's it's We hilarious. got goalie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got Artie. <laughs> Goalie-friendly show. We got goalies. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious to say that when three of your goalies are injured that you still have plenty of options. But And, uh, Ross, we got to get to one goalie as well that's uh, coming in. But I think you, you give a chance to Philip Gustafson. I'd like to see him get a couple more games. Marcus Hallberg looked nice, so get him in it's not that detrimental and yeah the last thing you want is matt murray aggravating an injury and then what if it becomes even more serious and then he's not ready for the start of next season yikes that would be an absolute disaster so as far as i'm concerned shut matt murray down here and let the younger goalies have a chance at least for the let the kids play murray no but in all seriousness it was great for him to get back for those four games and show himself and the team that he can play at the NHL level and play well. Um, He had his best stretch since returning from injury. So it's too bad from that standpoint that he couldn't keep the ball rolling, but you're right. Why not get a look at these young kids? And as those goalies exit with injury and Anton Forsberg, I'd imagine he's probably out for the year as well. If not, maybe a game or two, but why not roll with Hogberg and, and Gustafson and see what you have in those two guys. But with those absentees now in Belleville, and especially they had to call it Mandalese for the taxi squad as well. So you're looking at Cedric on Dre down in Belleville and saying, whoa, what's going on? But nope, second round draft pick and recently signed Mad Sogar, the big Dane is out of quarantine as of yesterday. So he is practicing with the Belleville Senators and Troy Mann said that he and goalie coach Justin Peters are going to make a plan for him to get into at least one, 
maybe two games down the stretch. That will be appointment viewing as a goalie-friendly show. Absolutely. And, man, if you're Mad Sogard, what a time to, to come out of quarantine. Like, that, it doesn't play out any better than that. Like, you're looking at the goalie depth chart before you get here, and you're like, crap, I'm number six. Like, I might not even get to see Taxi Squad for Belleville if I'm lucky. Like, it's wild. And now he's... Other than Cedric Andre, I would say Matt Sogard is your number one option. Like, I'd like to see him get into at least two games with uh, the amount of games that Belleville has left. Meaningless season. There's no playoffs. Belleville's in last place in the division anyways. So, yeah, get Matt Sogard in here. He had a nice season over in Denmark. He's a massive goalie. With uh, He's a highly touted prospect. They traded up to get him in the second round. So, things are looking perfectly. They're aligning to see Matt Sogard. And I will be watching those games 100% because I'm so excited. Like, I haven't seen Matt Sogard play a full game. I never watched uh, his games in Medicine Hat. Denmark, uh, I guess I, I missed my subscription to the Danish uh, league. Uh, to get out, I'm going to get on that next year when I'm doing my Finnish scouting report over there as well. Make uh, two trips in one. But uh, it's going to be so awesome to see Mad Sogard getting in here because this it's been a long time coming. We've been watching him closely, and now we're going to get to see him in a Belleville Center's uniform. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. You're right, though. Coming out of quarantine and you look at your Twitter or whatever Sogard uses to get his news, and it says Ottawa calls up not one, but two goalies. You're like, all right, well, the Nets have just opened up in Belleville. And he, like Angus Crookshank, are on amateur tryouts this year. His entry-level deal starts next season. And since you touched on your worldly adventures for scouting, it's nice when scouting comes to you. And in this case, in Texas, where the world under-18s are happening right now. Now, Trent Mann is in Dallas, so he's live scouting these games. Tons of draft eligibles that we're going to get into more and more here as the draft approaches. But it's ongoing. All of Canada's games will be on TSN and the medal rounds in this upcoming weekend. So next week, we'll get a full recap of that. We'll have Tony Ferrari on. He's locked in as the head of Dauber prospects so we're looking forward to all that pilsey what are you looking forward to i know we're going to be back tomorrow before the game but a five o'clock start do you like those no i don't like them i think the the seven o'clock start is perfect in 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 my eyes that because it's just weird at 5 30 especially if you got people working a nine to five job you know they're not they're not home in time all that kind of stuff so i'm i'm not a fan of uh the 5 30 game i'm also not a big matinee guy either because uh that just throws off your whole your whole day routine in my eyes so i i would prefer we keep to the seven o'clock start but hey we'll 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 take games at whatever time you give us uh nhl schedule makers because we are desperate for Ottawa Senators hockey, and uh, I'm not I'm not looking forward to another break of no sends hockey here, Ross. Although no, it's not going to be the stretch of uh, three three hundred plus days we we managed to make it through last time. Yeah, it'll be four months, so closer to 120 days. But with the excitement of the draft right in the middle, the excitement of Seattle too, and the expansion draft, we'll be playing around with some ideas of what could happen in terms of that. We'll still be your daily home for Ottawa Senators content here at Send Central at the Locked On Senators podcast. Subscribe wherever you get yours. And we're also going to look to get some more alumni on for some old stories come off season. So we're still going to be here and still seven games left. They've got Vancouver tomorrow, as we mentioned, five o'clock start. Montreal on the road, then home to Winnipeg and Montreal, then on the road for two in Winnipeg and Calgary, and then at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. 
If Ottawa wins that last game handily against the Leafs, I'm going to take some credit as a sense sicko and saying that Ottawa put put it in their mind that seed of doubt. I mean, that seed of doubt is is sprouted and growing in the Leafs locker room already. So to put a little fertilizer, sprinkle a little water on that is always nice. Well, we'll be back tomorrow for a full preview of the season finale against the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to have a friend of the show on as well. And stay tuned for the rest of the week. That's all I'm going to say right now. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.